1: Hello Cleveland, welcome to another edition of the 1085 Gridiron Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Joki. Tonight we'll be discussing um, the Browns offensive coordinator search, uh, a possible trade idea for Alex Smith. Uh, Tonight we're going to be starting to dive into our 2018 NFL draft coverage. Uh, We'll be looking at the top 32 offensive and defensive prospects uh, over the, the next uh, 16 podcasts, uh, we'll be doing uh, one offensive one defensive uh, player, and uh, we'll uh, get going with the draft talk. Um, uh, Jack McCurry also has his uh, mock draft, uh, we're going to talk about his top 10, and with that we're going to bring in Jack today uh, of Believe Land dash sports.com how are you doing today jack all doing pretty good
0: man um, another fun episode planned ahead of brown's talk it seems like the offseason never ends with this team and of course the draft talk which is going to take over this podcast for the next three months or so so i'm ready to dive into it
1: yeah uh the, the draft season is fully uh here um you know at least for us i mean I, it was here for us like week five of the season but <laughs> you know you know how it goes around here uh it's our super bowl so we might as well preparing be prepared for it so hopefully we give you uh listeners some great insight and uh we'll uh dive into that coverage in a little bit but first let's start off with uh offensive coordinator search there's been uh, a couple interviews uh there's another potential interview uh, with the Steelers firing. uh, Well, not really firing, just not mutually parting ways, I guess. uh, Todd Haley uh, today. Um, You know, you also have Mike Malarkey, who uh, also mutually parted ways with the Tennessee Titans uh, from being their head coach. And then uh, Ben McAdoo, who was fired by uh, the New York Giants like 10 weeks into the season. So, Those are, I would tend to think those are three pretty good options. I I would be happy with any one of them. Uh, You know, McAdoo gets a bad rep for what he did as a head coach, but as an offensive coordinator, he did a a really decent job. I want to say his second year in that role, uh, the Giants were second in points scored per game. Uh, So you can just tell what he uh, was able to do after that offense. mularkey has been around for a long time, and I, I would – there would be no shame in hiring him at all. Uh, Todd Haley, I mean, they put up 42 points against the second-best defense in the NFL uh, this past weekend uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but unfortunately they still – well, I would say fortunately, they still lost the game uh, after scoring those that many points. Is there any one of those three guys that you prefer over the other, or is it just – uh, roll the dice on any one of them and we'll see how it goes i mean when you look at all
0: three of them if you had to look at some of the best offensive play callers in the league i think all three of those guys are up there um they each run a different style offense obviously you know malarkey with his power run offense which has worked for years whether he's with the steelers the falcons or lately with the tennessee titans i think that would be a a big boost for the browns as you know they have failed to run the football last couple seasons. So it would be a complete one eighty style offense, but that's not to say that they don't throw the ball. I mean, Malarkey had success in Pittsburgh with Cordell Stewart, Tommy Maddox. I mean, those two guys aren't, you know, the elite franchise quarterbacks, but you know, the Steelers were successful with those guys, um, under center. And then, you know, he goes to Atlanta and he had success with Matt Ryan as a rookie, which I think that should turn some heads for Browns fans. Um, you know, Matt Ryan's rookie year, I think he, he he had like 16 touchdowns and 11 picks, but, you know, he was comfortable in that offense. And I think the Falcons were like 13 and three in 2008. Um, they had a great running game with Michael Turner, and he rushed for like 1,600 yards that first year. That was one of the main focuses Atlanta did was to make their rookie quarterback comfortable. And, you know, the Browns looking at they're going to take a number one pick. Do you think they, they get a quality running game? To go with that rookie quarterback or even a veteran, that would be great suited for him. Um, You know, Ben McAdoo, I feel like would be the same style offense that is already run here with Hugh Jackson. If you look at the numbers with uh, McAdoo in New York when he was offensive coordinator, not necessarily looking at head coach. um, They, you know, they put up some great offensive numbers in terms of points and yards. And as well as in the passing game in 2015, they were number one in passing touchdowns. But the running game was always a struggle in New York. Granted, they didn't have the best running backs. Uh, They had Rashad Jennings, Shane Vereen, um, even Peyton Hillis was there for a cup of coffee. So that just goes to show that maybe McAdoo wasn't comfortable with the running backs given to him. So, you know, maybe he'll change his style if he has a strong uh, elite running back to run the ball with and then you know Todd Haley it was a a shock that he got fired although maybe it wasn't a shock because there was some infighting going on between him and Roethlisberger but there's no doubt that Haley put together a pretty uh, spectacular high scoring offense in Pittsburgh granted he had the killer bees and with Ben Roethlisberger Le'Veon Bell Martavis Bryant and of course Antonio Brown so I mean when you have that number of weapons you're gonna have success, but I feel like any one of those guys would be a great fit in Cleveland. I think it's obvious we need a change with the offensive scheme and Hugh Jackson needs to focus more on his end game management and handling his situations during the game instead of trying to do it all, you know, being a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator as well as head coach.
1: Yeah, that's something that we've disc we discussed all season long. Um, you know, we saw the clock management issues, we saw the timeout issues and not getting plays in a time, I, I I truly believe it's just a function of trying to do too many things at once um, as a head coach. You know, you, you really need to fo- – when you're a head of coach, you need to focus on that. You don't really need to focus on calling plays. There's a select few guys that could manage both, but uh, so far Hugh hasn't proven uh, that he could uh, do that. Um, you know, one of the guys I, I really lean towards uh, – for offensive coordinator, is Todd Haley. Uh, if you look at the Steelers' offensive rankings over the last four years, they've ranked second, third, seventh, and third in, in total yards um, in the NFL over th- those four years. And I, I just looked it up really quick. I didn't realize that Haley's been there since 2012. Uh, I Time really flies because um, – but, uh, you know, I, I would think that – the, the the main reason I, I prefer Haley is because you, you look at what Pittsburgh does. They have a power, had a power running game. They could throw the ball 50 times a game and, and throw for 400 yards. Uh, you know, his, his play calling, they adapt it every single week uh, to who they're facing. And, you know, when, In the NFL, that's what you need to do. You just can't stick to one style. So the Steelers have done a great job over the last uh, five years uh, adapting to who they're facing and have uh, made the most out of uh, the guys that they have on offense.
0: Definitely. And, I mean, it wasn't just in – Pittsburgh, that he made that work. He was also the offensive coordinator in Arizona when they went to the Super Bowl ten years ago. He had Kurt Warner at quarterback, but he also had Tim Hightower and Edron James to rely on on the running game, and he would dictate the style of play to the opponent. And that's the one good thing about Haley. You know, we always talked every week. I would talk if Hugh Jackson was playing a poor run defense, you'd think he'd run the ball. No, he would still manage to chuck the ball fifty times a game, and it just was. It was the same old stuff every week and we kept and we never understood why he wasn't um, developing the game plan to match what the defense's weaknesses were and Haley does that really well and I mean he could be picked up by any team I think there's a lot of teams that don't have offensive coordinators and obviously there's still some teams that don't have head coaches but Haley's out on the market and I would expect him to get picked up quickly and hopefully Hugh Jackson makes a call at least a call if he doesn't call him it really proves that hugh jackson's insane and maybe he needs evaluated at this point
1: <laughs> yeah you know i i would like i said i would prefer haley but i i wouldn't be upset with either mcadoo or malarkey uh, as the offensive coordinator is there any other uh candidate for OC that you can see sneaking in here, or are these pretty much the main three uh, that we're going to end up with, one of them? Uh,
0: if this continues to go into next week, if Philly gets eliminated, the Browns need to make a call to John DeFilippo. Um, I mean, maybe we're, I'm a little biased, but when he was here in 2015 with they are the cast of characters that he had. He seemed to make that offense work at times. Uh, he made Josh McCown look like a competent quarterback. And even at times made Johnny Manziel look competent. And um, I know he's getting a run right now as a potential offensive coordinator to other teams. And he's looked at as a potential future head coach in this league. The Browns shouldn't take another shot at Filippo because, and any one of these guys for that matter, because If the Browns start out slow, uh, Hugh Jackson's going to get the hook. And Malarkey, McAdoo, and Haley have all had experience as head coach. They could be an interim coach. Haley could get another shot potentially as a head coach in this league. DeFilippo, some have compared him as potentially the next Sean McVay. They need to seriously look at some of these guys. And they should have done this with Sean Ryan because he looks like he's a rising star in this league. And it's a shame they didn't offer him the role but they need to look seriously at any possible avenue to find an offensive coordinator and also look at a guy that could potentially be a next, a future head coach in this league.
1: Now did did I read correctly that Hugh only wants one, an offensive coordinator that has called players before. Did I read that right? Yeah, that's correct. Which stinks for, for guys like Sean Ryan and D Filippo, you know, they haven't called plays yet. You know, they're looking to move up and grow and, um, uh, move on in the NFL. But, you know, unfortunately it doesn't seem like they'll get that here. So that's why it seems like the, the three guys, uh, McAdoo, uh, Malarkey and, and Haley have the leg up on uh, the younger guys. But, you know, sometimes these, these younger guys who are hungry for a coordinator position will do a better job. Um, and, and that's a shame with you. And, uh, unfortunately he has full say over his coaching staff and you know he's going to bring in a a guy who he wants and and trusts and uh, I guess we'll, we'll find out
0: yeah well I mean for DeFilippo he only did one year as offensive coordinator here in Cleveland he did call plays granted you look he was 25th in yards 30th in points he didn't have that much talent but he seemed to make things work at times I know you know like I said McCown had his flashes Proved prove that he could be a quarterback in this league even Manziel did uh he made Gary Barnage look a, a pro bowl tight end which I don't think anybody saw at any point in his first couple of years in Cleveland um but so and he's gone to Philadelphia as the quarterback coach of the Eagles turned Carson Wentz into one of the top 10 quarterbacks in this league uh I mean, he's going to get his shot again, I think, at offensive coordinator, and he's only 39, and I wouldn't be surprised down the road he becomes a head coach in this league.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you look like look at a guy like uh, Sean Ryan. You know, Mike Vrabel seems to be a, a hot candidate uh, right now among NFL teams, and I would tend to think if he gets a job, I, his first phone call is probably to uh, Ryan uh, to see if he can get him to go wherever uh, Vrabel goes. Do you see that happening? Oh yeah, I think when Gil Brandt Made the
0: comment that Some in the league think Sean Ryan Is the next Sean McVay by chance Which, I mean, it's tough to say With any of these young offensive coordinators If they're going to duplicate the success of McVay That he had in his first year in Los Angeles But I wouldn't be shocked Because they've worked together that If Rabel needs an offensive coordinator That uh, Sean Ryan gets his opportunity
1: Well let's uh, Move on to Uh, The trade scenario you uh, brought to me Uh, If you want to go ahead and lay that out And uh, we'll discuss it
0: Yeah, I I just want to say that this wasn't my idea Um, I am a uh, user over at the Orange or Brown forums Over, um, there's like the top Brown message Top Cleveland Browns message board site And someone had mentioned that in the Chiefs forums Or uh, another Chiefs fan site that day we're talking about Alex Smith obviously getting traded this offseason. We've all heard the rumors for weeks and Cleveland seems to be the front runner as it stands right now. But uh, the scenario was Alex Smith for Josh Gordon. I, I don't think there was another trade pick or draft pick involved. I'd have to go back and check again. But um, it's an interesting scenario, definitely. Uh, trading Alex Smith. Straight up for Josh Gordon without any draft picks involved, which would be very interesting for the Browns because with 13 picks, including three second rounders, you would think as it stands, if we were just trading a draft pick, one of the second round picks would likely go back to Kansas City in a deal. But if we could only trade Josh Gordon, I think it would even be better because we would still hold all our draft currency going into the draft and be able to move up and down the draft board and make moves, collect future picks or maybe trade those picks for other players. Uh, I know I put a poll up, and as it stands now, it is a landslide. Nobody wants to do this deal. I even threw out there that maybe we throw in – we sign Alex Smith to a two-year extension, so he stays on as a veteran quarterback, uh, as a backup for once the uh, future rookie takes his spot as a starter. Um, and then you got Alex Smith there as a teacher, more or less, towards the backside of his career. No one wants to do it. I understand people don't want to trade Josh Gordon because they feel like he's got the hall of fame talent that he's going to stay on the right track. But honestly, and I like Josh, I think he's talented, but I can't trust Josh until he proves otherwise with his demons that he's dealing with and that he could stay out on the right track. I feel like he's going to slip up again. All these times that we've seen that he's going to, we feel like he's going to do it. Then he funks a drug test or something else happens. And Honestly, if you had the opportunity to get a top 10 quarterback like Alex Smith in here to not only be the bridge for the future number one pick that I think we'll make in April, you have to make that move. Uh, top 10 quarterbacks don't fall into our laps all the time. And if Kansas City wanted Josh Gordon and they didn't want a draft pick, I
1: feel like we should make that move. Yeah, you know, that's a, it's a very intriguing idea. Uh, when you said that to me, I it got me thinking a little bit and, you know, I w- It would probably require maybe like a, a us to send like a fourth or fifth rounder as well as Josh to uh, the Chiefs, and if that was the case, I I, I would probably do it. Um, you know, Alex is a like you said, he's a top ten quarterback. He, he hardly makes mistakes. Uh, he, he's not going to win you the game every week, but he's not going to lose you the game, and uh, you know. He, I, he would be the perfect guy to uh, teach whoever they draft or if they decide uh, they want to continue to grow Kaiser, let Kaiser sit behind uh, Smith and continue to grow, uh, uh, that's fine. But, you know, you know Smith is uh, – he's done the same thing for Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs are, are ready – I would imagine they're ready to move on to uh, Mahomes next season. Uh, they invested a first-round pick in him last year. You know the I, I fully believe that Mahomes is a guy that he wanted uh, this past season, but the, the Chiefs jumped the Browns there. Um, but uh, you know it's a it, it's a very interesting scenario. Um, overall, I I would probably do it. Um, it. It does leave you in a bind though without having a, a a star wide receiver. I I can't say right now that Josh is a star wide receiver. He he has that potential. But, you know, with him being out of the game for so long and, you know, he show, showed a, a few flashes, uh, but, you know, those last couple of games, you could really tell that he was still uh, trying to catch his legs and uh, trying to get back into game shape. And, uh, you know, he just wasn't able to, to, to do much those last uh, few weeks of the season.
0: Right. I mean, Gordon, he did show his flashes, but he also showed that maybe – He's still not – he wasn't completely in game shape. Granted, yeah, he was out three years basically out of football. And there was times he wasn't giving maximum effort too. And you have to wonder, does Gordon want to be here? I, mean, I know he said in front of the cameras he, he wants to help his team win. You know, it's one thing to say, it's another thing to do it. And Gordon needs to show that, you know, once that team gets back in April to start their off-season workouts, he's got to show – to Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey and the organization that he's here, he's committed to winning and he's committing to be the best wide receiver of all time. Like he says he wants to be, but I can't honestly trust him. And, you know, he can say all he wants to the cameras and say things on social media maybe to people. But, you know, I just think at a point if the opportunity presented itself, like I said, to get a quarterback and granted, we, we would be without a one, number one receiver, but with all the cap space and the draft picks, I think we can get some weapons in here to accommodate Smith and then obviously the future draft pick that we're going to make in April.
1: And, and on the other side of it, could you imagine the, the Chiefs offense with Mahomes as your quarterback, um, Tyreek Hill, Josh Gordon, Travis Kelsey, and Kareem Hunt on offense? I would say that's pretty damn good
0: Oh, it would be on paper a Top five, maybe even the top offense In the National Football League um, I know reading some of the Chiefs Fans' comments To get Gordon They say would be like adding Julio Jones to the offense And I think when Gordon's got his head on straight And, you know, he's giving a maximum effort He's a top five receiver in this game But that's the only thing Is the off the field issues The effort, the the heart and desire to play football That's what leaves people concerned including myself about josh gordon but i think if you did add him to that chief's offense i think the sky's the limit and i feel like the chiefs would be the front runners in the afc with the list of players that you announced there on the chief's offense
1: and and to, to, to wrap it up i i would say i'll i'll take stability at the quarterback position for one maybe two years over a guy who's on his final strike uh with the with the league um you know it, it's sad that he's on on his final strike but he put himself there and it's uh it's unfortunate with all the talent that he has but i, I will take stability and, and growth at the quarterback position uh for a couple years over over josh uh, uh we're gonna move into our uh, 2018 nfl draft coverage now uh like I mentioned earlier, we're going to give you uh, one offensive, one defensive prospect uh, that we'll discuss. Uh, first, we'll discuss uh, Deshaun Hand, a defensive end from Alabama uh, for a national champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, he's 6'4", uh, weighs 288. He's, according to NFLDraftScout.com, he's ranked seventh out of uh, the defensive ends that are available uh, this year. Uh, he's projected to go uh, – mid to late second round uh you know he's he's a he's a run stopper he's a guy that can set the edge very well uh you know you may uh he can also play defensive tackle as well so he's very versatile uh he could also play outside a little bit so you know he's a very versatile defensive lineman and you know he's a guy that you could rotate in there with uh ogba garrett and uh, nasib and ogan Jovi and, and brantley and you know he's just another guy that you could throw in there on the defensive line to keep other guys fresh uh, what do you think about uh, uh mr hand uh you know when you look at
0: the alabama defensive line i think everybody focuses on Duron Payne, and i'm sure we'll talk about him leading up to the draft because he is one of the top defensive prospects for sure but you know uh hand i remember him coming out of high school he was one of the top uh recruits I think he was might have been the number one overall recruit he really um you know he had an awesome high school career having 56 sacks during that time but he came to Alabama really didn't pan out and he didn't become a full-time starter till his senior year which may draw some red flags and I'm sure you know the scouts and football executives will hammer him on that at the combine and stuff but like you said you know he's a very versatile defensive lineman He's listed as a defensive end, but with his size, like you said, 6'4", 288 pounds, he can definitely slide in and play defensive tackle. Uh, The Browns, obviously, their defensive line is stacked for the future, but it doesn't hurt to have depth. And, you know, if Dorsey and the front office look at him with, you know, three second round picks. Leftovers. Or. The DMV
1: or Ch-
0: house cleaning or
1: Chumba. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. <entendosc måsteın Jazza> no purchase necessary.
0: Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So if he falls into a spot, where the browns he's the best player on the board, the Browns should take him because you can never have enough depth, obviously. Um, Some guys might be leaving this offseason, like we stated a couple weeks ago, maybe like Orchard. Uh, I mentioned Danny Shelton as a possibility. We'll see how that happens. But Hand, definitely the production doesn't show up in the stats, but I'm sure on the tape it could show otherwise. Uh, The one thing that I look at him, though, reading his scouting report – he obviously had a DUI last summer and that's going to draw some red flags. And he also had a knee injury, which kind of slowed him down a little bit, but there's no denying he's a talent. And if the Browns had a position or were in a position to get him, obviously, like I said, there's no, there, there's never,
1: um, too much depth. Yeah. Especially when it comes to pass rushers, you know, you can have never have uh, enough, um, uh, you know, you look at uh, Dorsey, and you know he's taken guys in the past that have, you know, character issues, and obviously the DUI is one, and uh, the the knee is a is another red flag. But you know, Dorsey in the past hasn't uh, shined away from uh, shied away from uh, any of those kinds of players. So, uh, in, in this uh, scouting report from NFL uh, draft scout, they compared him to. Uh, Alan Bailey uh, from the Chiefs, who Dorsey re-signed to a a nice contract uh, a couple seasons ago. So um, that's who they compare him to. And, you know, maybe he's a guy that uh, uh, Dorsey likes. Now, I'll say he probably doesn't fit at the uh, pick 35, but I would tend to think he'd probably fit uh, with the the, uh, Eagles pick if he's still on the board there. Yeah, definitely. If he's there at the end of the second
0: round with the Eagles pick – and the Browns feel like he's the best player on the board. Take the best player on the board. Um, I'm sure Greg Williams will find a role for him on this team, and especially on that defensive front with Clyde Simmons as the coach. He'll get the best out of hand, and I think he would be a solid addition to the Browns' defensive line.
1: Now, let, let's uh, flip to the other side of the ball. Um, you know, a guy that uh, hand faced uh, in the national championship game against Georgia and uh, Sony Michelle. You know, Michel's a, a fantastic running back. Uh, you know, he, uh, on any other team, he'd probably be in the, in the running for the Heisman. But, you know, when you have a backfield with uh, with Chubb and Michelle, that's a, a pretty deadly uh, one-two combo. Um, you know, he's a, he's a smaller guy. uh uh, 5'10", 2'15", So he's not a, a big, stout guy, but you know he could definitely run between the tackles, run to the outside. He can do it all. Um, he didn't catch too many passes out of the backfield, so that's something that you know he's going to have to prove that he could do uh, in the NFL. But um, you know that's what we have Duke Johnson for. Uh, but um, you know he, he's a he's a pretty uh, uh, an athletic freak for sure. Uh, Draft Scout compares him to uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, you saw what he was able to do uh, this season as a rookie. Um, and we know that uh, Dorsey likes uh, running backs. You know, he drafted uh, Kareem Hunt. I want to say it was the third round, fourth round uh, in that range. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm i willing to bet that he's not going to take uh, Barkley, you know, one or four. Uh, he's going to look at what are these uh, running backs – uh, in this very deep running back class, and I, I would absolutely love to have uh, Sony Michelle.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, coming into the uh, the playoffs, obviously Nick Chubb was a guy that I really liked, and um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know much about Sony Michelle, but the Rose Bowl, he caught my attention. He had 181 yards on 11 carries, three touchdowns. You know, the the Georgia Bulldogs running game is what got them to, and I with to really close to winning a national championship. Uh, you look at their all-time leading rushers, Chubb and Michelle are two and three behind only Herschel Walker. So that just shows you how dominant they are as uh, football players. Michelle, you know, you made they, – they make the comparison to Alvin Kamara. I've seen comparisons to Kareem Hunt. When it comes to him, uh, you know, he's a elusive back. You know, he might not give you the 4-3 uh, speed, but he's definitely elusive and he can – break away and make some big plays uh he does have some catching ability from what i've seen on tape um he's shown flashes as a blocker obviously he's gonna have to have to do that full time if he becomes a starting running back in the nfl if team's expecting to be a third down back um there's injury concerns with him too and i think that's why he slid down to a second round pick i don't think if there was any injury problems i think he might go in the late first round but You know, the Browns definitely need to look at running back this offseason with Isaiah Crowell definitely definitely leaving in free agency and only having Duke Johnson and Matthew Days, and I don't think you can depend on either one of those guys as uh, every down running back. So um, Saquon Barkley may be the Browns pick at one depending on how the quarterback situation plays out if they go get a Kirk Cousins, but I don't expect them to take – a running back early i don't know if barkley will be there at four it's yet to be determined obviously but in the second round if they have a chance to get sony michelle at 33 or 35 i think it would be a home run pick for the browns
1: you know i I could almost see the browns drafting uh, two guys at running back um you know kind of moving duke to uh, the slot receiver, uh, full time. I-, I could almost see him taking uh, Sony Michelle at say like pick thirty three, and then, you know, coming back and you know taking a guy like uh, Bo Scarborough from Alabama, who's a big guy, uh, may- maybe even uh, Nick Chubb too. Uh, how how ironic would that be to bring in both uh, bulldog running backs to the route? I would be all
0: for that if they did move Duke Johnson to a wide receiver. And at 33 and 35, you take Michelle and Chubb, I would be ecstatic because I think both of these guys are capable to give you a 1,000 yards. Plus, as a running back in the National Football League, both can give you a little bit in the the passing game on screen passes or uh, wheel routes and stuff. But, you know, if we get just one of them, I feel like it would be a home run pick for the Browns, you know, those Georgia Bulldog running backs are unbelievable. And if the Browns can get away with just one of them in April's draft, I think it's a home run pick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll talk about uh, uh, Nick Chubb on, on one of the future podcasts uh, with our draft uh, coverage. So it, we've kind of teased it for the last couple of weeks, maybe three or four. Uh, I'm not really sure, but – uh, Jack has his uh, mock draft out I haven't seen it yet So he's going to completely surprise me uh, He's going to start from pick 10 And he's going to go up to pick number 1 So if you want to go ahead and do that yeah, right now and You
0: guys can check this out at believeion-sports.com It's been posted for about a week now um, I only did If you go on and look and see There is only I've only done 24 picks It's because I'm adding the playoff teams as we go along After Championship Sunday I'll release 3.0 uh, Next week but with the 10th pick, I had the Oakland Raiders taking Roquan Smith, linebacker, Georgia. Um, you know, if the Browns, if that Houston pick was a little lower, I wouldn't mind taking Roquan Smith at, the, at with that Houston pick. But I think it's too high for a linebacker, honestly. But Smith would bring some explosion to that Raiders defense, which is much needed. And him alongside Khalil Mack um, would be unbelievable. And, you know, Gruden needs to focus on building that defense up because I feel like the offense is in place. So him and Reggie McKenzie really need to work on the defense this offseason. Uh, pick number nine, San Francisco. I have him taking Orlando Brown Jr. Um, absolutely love him. You know, he is one of the guys I'm looking at it for, for the Browns obviously, but um, obviously I didn't project him there, but uh, you know, they will re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, this offseason. They need to look to protect him, and the offensive tackle is definitely one of their top needs. So what other way to do it than getting uh Big Zeus Jr. uh to be to protect uh Garoppolo's blind side. Uh Chicago at number eight, I have not taken Cortland Sutton from SMU. Big, tall vertical wide receiver, which is definitely what the Bears need. Uh Obviously, a couple years ago, they took Kevin White from West Virginia. It was a failed first-round pick. He can't get on the field. Uh, they need to give Trubisky some weapons. Uh, they already got him Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen in the backfield, Time to get him some boys to throw to. Uh, Cortland Sutton's the number one wide receiver prospect. Um, so it would be a perfect fit for him in Chicago. At uh, number seven, the Buccaneers get a steal, I think, at this point, getting Bradley Chubb, defensive end, North Carolina State. Um you know, North Carolina State produced Mario Williams about a decade ago, and he turned out to be pretty well. Bradley Child's probably the second best player in the draft behind who I had the Jets taking with the six picks, Saquon Barkley. Um, I don't know if he'll fall that far come April, but I have him going to the Jets, and that would be a perfect fit for whoever they have at quarterback. Uh, something to really lean on. Saquon Barkley's the best player in this draft, in my opinion. Can do it all, run pass, catch, block, kick return. Um, Some people have called him the best running back prospect uh, since Adrian Peterson. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if that's a good debate. Well, which I'm sure we'll have down the road. Uh, Number five, I have the Broncos taking Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame offensive guard. Uh, They could go quarterback here. Wouldn't be shocked if they don't, especially with some rumors about Baker Mayfield, but Yeah, they got to beef up that offensive line, and Nelson is a mauler for sure. He's best guard prospect in the draft. At number four, uh, the Browns via the Houston pick have taken Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Dude is a definite ball hawk. He's going to play corner or safety. Uh, The Browns definitely have a need in the secondary uh, at either corner or free safety. We've talked about that all season. Um, Fitzpatrick would be instant Playmaker in that backfield alongside your peppers, or if he's a corner uh, opposite Jason McCordy or whoever they pick up this offseason. at number three, Connor Williams, offensive tackle, Texas. Uh, obviously the Colts need to look to protect Andrew luck. Um, they need, he's been hurt the last few years. got to look something, got to get a left tackle or some kind of offensive lineman in there to help keep him upright, to uh, help savage his career. Uh, With the second pick, the Giants take Sam Darnold, quarterback USC. Um, I know some Browns fans are going to be disappointed with this one, but with the number one pick, and I don't think it's going to change for me, I have him taking Josh Rosen, UCLA. He may not want to play here. There's rumors John Dorsey don't even want him, but he's the best quarterback in this draft. The Browns need to get the best quarterback, and I think it's Rosen.
1: You know, I – I swear our, our brains are connected for some reason because, you know, Rosen is, is my preferred choice. He's uh, been that way all year, uh, watching him all year. Uh, I think he throws a, a better ball than Darnold. I think he can make all the throws. Uh, he doesn't turn the ball over as much as Darnold has. And you, you honestly can't go wrong with Fitzpatrick at four. You know, I, I, I mentioned earlier this week there's about five guys that you could take at number four and i wouldn't complain you know between barkley and uh chubb and fitzpatrick and uh, one of the tackles if joe thomas retires you know th- th- there's a, a whole bunch of options at four and it's nice having all that flexibility uh, in, a, in in this draft with so much talent in this draft you know i I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they even trade trade down a spot or two from four. Uh, you create a bidding war at, at four for uh, one of the remaining quarterbacks between uh, Denver and the Jets, who will both need one. And you know, maybe you could fleece one of those two teams, um, you know, with draft picks, and it only cost you a spot, and you still get the probably still get the player that you want at, at that point. Yeah, definitely. I
0: mean. Um, looking at the rest of the mock draft that I did, I had Washington taking Baker Mayfield at 13. I, you know, there's rumors about Denver, you know, asking the NFL or the senior bowl to put Mayfield on their team. Mayfield also signed with a Colorado based agency. So the, the dots are starting to connect there. Granted, it's very early in the process, but that's something to watch. And I had Josh Allen going to Arizona, which I think is a perfect fit um granted they're probably gonna have to go get a veteran quarterback to, so he can sit because i don't think josh allen's ready i think he's got all the physical tools i just don't think the production that he produced in wyoming shows it and i think someone will fall in love with him he might go higher because of the carson wentz thing um but we'll see i know some people have said he might be the number one pick only time will tell there's a lot of time left in this but like you said, at four, the Browns are in a great spot because they can go Fitzpatrick, they could go Barkley, they could go offensive line. My first mock draft, I had him go on wide receiver. I had them taking Sutton. I got lambasted for it because everybody's like, we can't take a wide receiver that early. Well, if they think a wide receiver is that good at four, take him. We need all wide receiver, definitely. So, I mean, the Browns could go in a number of directions. I have plenty more mocks coming, so – uh, there's a lot of, there's about 16 weeks to the draft. I'm probably sure I'll do at least five more mocks in that
1: time. So it'll change as time goes on. And, you know, one of the, the most important things uh, that's going to happen within the next uh, couple weeks, um, as Joe Thomas said on his uh, new Tomahawk padca- podcast uh, with him and Andrew is he's going to make the decision on if he's going to continue to play or not. And, you know, if he decides uh, to retire, it's going to throw the Browns' entire draft upside down. Would you agree with that? I don't think so. I think
0: regardless if he's back or not, the Browns do need to look at left tackle. Um, But, you know, they have those extra draft picks. If they, you know, they take, let's say they take Rosen at one and then they go Fitzpatrick or Barkley at four and maybe Orlando Brown Jr. slides out of the top ten, falls down to the teens they have 33 and 35 package those together go get him go get mclinchy from notre dame those are far and away the top two offensive tackle prospects in the draft so if the browns want one of those guys they have the ammo to go do it so the browns could come away with the quarterback of the future uh one of their defensive backs or a wide receiver of the future the running back of the future and their future left tackle they can go in a number of directions um But, and I don't know what the free agent offensive line class looks like right now. I'd have to dive into that. But
1: I I got it. I got it for you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, You know that there's two left tackles at at the top uh, that are clearly uh, probably better options than the rest. Uh, One is uh, Nate Solder from New England. Uh, he's a unrestricted free agent after this season. And the other is uh, Greg Robinson from Detroit. Uh, he's only 25 years old, coming off his rookie deal. He's also an unrestricted free agent. So I would say if you absolutely need a left tackle, those are probably two pretty good options. And, you know, we have the most cap space out of anyone in the NFL. So I would say those are probably – Two safe bets if they're able to lure one uh, to Cleveland. Well, Solder's a good
0: option, but I'm not touching Greg Robinson with a 10-foot pull because uh, he has been a complete bust since the Rams took him number two overall in 2014. But another scenario could be, and we'll dive into this as soon as Joe Thomas makes his decision, uh, sliding Joel Batonio, who played tackle in Nevada, to left tackle, and then maybe they take Quentin Nelson, Notre Dame at four, uh i think you showed me video of him or somebody did but he is an absolute beast as a guard and maybe the browns don't maybe dorsey doesn't value taking offensive linemen that that high i know they took eric fisher number one in kansas city but the browns you know like i said they could go in a number of directions this offseason with many positions and we'll be here to talk about it all
1: yeah you know uh I would say Nelson would probably be the number one prospect in, in any draft, but you know no one's going to take a, a guard number one overall. Uh, maybe not even top ten. Uh, you know that, that's one of those spots where they start to fall into the teens. And you know if he does fall, whatever team gets him is going to get a steal because he's just an absolute animal. Uh, now, if he was able to play left tackle, uh, it, it would probably be a little different story. What do you think about maybe just temporarily for a couple seasons or maybe even just next season moving Sean Coleman from right tackle to left tackle? I would be open to that as well. I
0: mean, it depends on what the Browns' plan would be at right tackle. Would they put Drongo there? Would they go in free agency and get a uh, Nate Solder or some other option maybe? Maybe they trade for an offensive lineman. Uh, I mean, it's – so like I said it's really early in the process for all these all this talk but you know we'll see what happens as the offseason progresses
1: is there anything else did I forget anything
0: unless you want to talk about Joe Schobert making the pro Bowl I think that's it
1: <laughs> well I'll, I'll say this I'll I want to congratulate Joe uh, you know Last year, he was a, a fourth round pick uh, that came to the Browns. Uh, they asked him to move the middle middle linebacker this year. Uh, he played every single defensive snap for the Browns. That's a pretty impressive thing to do, and I just want to give him all the credit in the world because, um, you know, he worked very hard and he tied for first in the NFL in tackles. You know, he, he's replacing uh, Ryan Shazier uh, on the Pro Bowl roster. You know, I, I really hope that Ryan uh, gets well soon. I, I heard he's getting uh, some feeling back in his legs, and yeah, I, I just hope that you know, fo- football aside, I just hope that uh, Ryan uh, gets better. And you know, we want to see him do well. He's a he's a Buckeye, even though he's a Sealer. He'll always be a Buckeye, and you know, I, I just really hope that uh, Ryan gets better soon.
0: Yeah, like you said, uh congratulations to Joe. He had a really great season. I think he was the biggest surprise of this Brown season, despite the fact that they went 0 and 16. Um, transitioning from outside to inside linebacker and to lead the NFL and tackles is a pretty awesome accomplishment. And to follow up on what Anthony stated, you know, Shazier, you know, it's tough that Schobert had to get in because of Shazier's injury and you know, we wish Shazier nothing but the best. Hopefully he has a great recovery, regardless if he never plays football again. We hope he has a nice, long, healthy life from this point forward.
1: I'll I'll have to give credit uh, to whoever it is when, when I see it again. But uh, a Joe from the Browns has made a Pro Bowl every, every year since 2007. Just putting that out there.
0: Well, <laughs> it's unfortunate that uh, the other Joe, Joe Thomas – Couldn't be in the Pro Bowl this year, but, uh, you know, it's awesome to see Joe Schobert make it.
1: All right. Now that uh, I think we covered everything, do you want to go ahead and plug your stuff before we got out of here?
0: Yeah. uh, Check out my website, believeland-sports.com. My colleague, Jake Samulak, posted an article today about the Buckeyes' early success under Coach Holtman. And uh, you guys should all go check that out. Like I said, Mock Draft 2.0 is available on the site. And – mock draft 3.0 will probably be available this week if not or next week if not you'll probably see it after the super bowl and also follow me on twitter at jay mccurry cle
1: absolutely oh real quickly you want to give uh championship sunday picks just two two teams quick uh new england patriots and minnesota vikings I'll say Jacksonville Jaguars and Minnesota Vikings. I just have this idea of a Blake Bortles Case Keenum Super Bowl. I, I, I want it so bad to happen. Um, <laughs> as always, you can follow the show at 1085 Gridiron on Twitter. Uh, like us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1085 Gridiron. Uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Stitcher and tune in. I remembered all of them this week. Thank God. <laughs> uh, be sure to like us, subscribe to us, leave us a review. We would absolutely appreciate it. Tell us how terrible we are. Tell us how awesome we are. We don't care. We just would love some feedback. Um, you can follow me personally at Anthony Joki, J-O-K-I on Twitter. And with all that, uh, we're glad to uh, kick off our uh, draft coverage. We'll be back early next week. And as always, I'll leave you with this. As we get on out of here, go Browns.
0: Or the DMV,
1: or house cleaning. Or Chumba, Chumba. Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. T plus terms and conditions apply. website for details.